Thank you for taking the time to listen to Sunday sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church. Before we begin, here's a special message from Papa Herman, an elder at Southside. May the Lord bless and keep you, that he would cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, that the Lord would lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you. It's manifesting itself to you. It will overtake you no matter where you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 2020, I see, is the the year of vision. And the reality is that the vision in, in this year is more about how you see God and how you see yourself rather than how you see all the other stuff that's going on in the kingdom. ever been faced with a difficult decision? Maybe an intimidating situation in your life? Well, you're not alone. We all face many challenges every day. One such challenge is whether we're going to take the opportunities presented to us and witness to others about Jesus. We must decide each time, will we be a warrior or a wallflower? And now here's Pastor Eddie Mason with his message, Warrior or Wallflower? I want to talk to you this morning about being a warrior or a wallflower. I started this at the 1st of January, but it's not too late. How many of you know the year is just beginning? Although January is almost over, but it's okay. Uh, When I I first laid it out, I want to go back and just kind of plant the vision that that, that I feel like the Lord's given me for the year. One of the first things is is that we would have a building that would be ours and uh, it and paid for. We don't want just uh, any kind of building, but we want a building that is absolutely paid for and uh, uh, for us to be able to, to use it for, to, to take care of the things of the Lord. And this may be the building. I don't know what God's going to do, but pray with me about that. The second thing that, uh, that I, I have prayed about has to do with uh, the harvest. I, I want to see a great harvest this year. Now, you know, we can't save anybody. But what we can do is we can invite people to know Jesus. How many of you have been inviting people to know Jesus? Yeah, now, you know, I don't want us to take to scalp. I'm not interested in scalping just so we can have numbers for numbers sake. As a matter of fact, I, I did that over at Lowe's and the Lord said, you can't count that one. <laughs> okay. Three people I talked to about Jesus. He said, you can't count those. He said, you didn't do that right. I said, okay. In doing those things, you know, what I want you to understand is that you're going to find some amazing things. Uh, we went into $3 Cafe the other day, and one of the ladies that takes care of us came running over to us, and she couldn't wait to tell us that uh, she had gone to church with her mother. Amen. Come on. Yeah, she wanted us to know. That's right. She wanted us to know. Uh, we prayed for a lady at... Uh, the crackling crab, whatever the name of that place is over there. What is it? Shaking crab. I told you crackling or something. I know we were doing something. But anyway, we prayed for her and we prayed blessings upon her. And as we prayed blessings upon her, she said, I needed that so bad y'all just won't know. She teared up and she said, our house burnt and we didn't have insurance. And so we got an opportunity to minister to her. I'll share one more with you. Is that all right if I just share one more with you? I went to pick up my uh, groceries at Walmart Saturday or Friday, and there was a, a, a young man there, and he had on an earring, and from his earring he had a cross hanging down. And so 
You know, if you wear a cross, I'm going to ask you about that cross. So I asked him, I said, do you wear that as just decoration, or do you know the man that hung on that cross? And he said, oh, I, I know him. I believe in him. I said, man, that is so good. I said, tell me about your relationship with him. He said, what are you talking about? I said, have you asked Jesus to be Lord over your life? He said, what does that mean? I said, that means that you've told him that you're ready to follow his leading rather than your leading. He said, no, I had never done that. I said, we can do that right now. You want to pray? He said, no. <laughs> okay. All right. But what I'm trying to tell you is you're going to find out about people's lives and you're going to find out there's a lot of people that are hurting. There are a lot of people that have need. And if you'll just open your mouth and let them know. The, second, the third part of that vision that the Lord gave me is ministry to the poor. God's heart's in the poor. And I want to share with you a little bit more about that. Uh, but if you'll find where the poor are, then you'll find where the Holy Spirit is. And so you'll find that He moves mightily amongst the poor. That's His heart. And so we want, we want to see that those three, three things come to pass. I, I want you to understand who you are and what you're going to do this next year. Turn to your neighbor and say, this is what I'm going to do next year. I'm going to bring glory to God. Whew, hallelujah. Now you got to believe that. I've been asked, I've been asked all, all the 1st of January, man, we on that 21-day fast, aren't we? No. You know, I, I never have believed in doing things just because everybody else does things. I do things when the Holy Spirit tells me to do something. And I'm proud of you if you've been on a 21-day fast. Praise God. That's, that's amazing. But I have not called the church into a 21-day fast, not a Daniel fast, not a strict fast, not any of that, because I just couldn't get clear direction on the Lord. I got some exciting news for you. God gave me clear direction on a fast. Oh, come on, man. Give God praise. You know that's exciting. But it's not a Daniel fast, and it's not a straight fast. It's an Isaiah fast. Anybody know what an Isaiah fast would be? It's in Isaiah when the Lord said, this is what's pleasing to me. And so what you do is you get to give your lunch away. Some of you went from smiling to frowning. And I can hear the question now, can I just give them one and me have one too? I don't know, you ask the Holy Spirit about that. I'll give you all the details on it and let you know the time frame, but I'm just going to tell you, we're going to do the fast that ministers to the poor. That's what we're going to do. We're going to fast and minister to the poor. That's what we've been called to do, and that's what we're going to do. So we're going to have a fast. Isaiah 61, 1 says... The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the who? Lord. He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. How many of you know you have the same anointing that Jesus had? If you had the same anointing that Jesus had, then you have a, por a portion of the calling that Jesus had. Okay, and so we walk under the same, we walk under the same place and the same premise that Jesus did. We walk in a place of bringing glory and honor to our Father, and we do that by bringing good news to the poor. Boy, I, I, something that uh, Eugene said when he was testifying last week that just jumped all over me. I don't know whether you heard him or not, or whether you clearly understood what he said, but 
One of the things that he said was he got there, and on Friday night he went to a prayer meeting. They got to the prayer meeting about 7 o'clock, and they decided that they would break through. And so at midnight they finally broke through, and they prayed through until 5 o'clock the next morning. Now that's a prayer meeting. Amen. We get upset if we have to stay for an hour and a half. But he made another statement with that. He said the people in Cameroon don't have much. But when they break through and they get to the presence of the Lord, they are rich. Good news for the poor. You don't have to have money to break through. You don't have to have money to have your sins forgiven. You don't have to have money to be set free from what the enemy has got upon you. Amen? You don't have to have money. There's good news. That's good news for those that are rich too. But uh, he says particular, he said, I've come to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Two things that I see in this that I want you to understand that come forth, uh, just bust right off the page is the very first thing that the prophet said was to bring good news to the poor. And the second thing he said was to Minister to the brokenhearted, the emotionally broken people. Now, if you're going to give a, a statement and you're going to list a number of things that you're supposed to do, one of the things that you do is you put the most important thing first, the next most important thing second, and you go right down the list. So the most important thing that the prophet said was ministry to the poor. A lot of people don't know this, but one of the main reasons that Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed is because they neglected the poor. Pretty interesting, isn't it? And then he says to bind up the brokenhearted. Man, that means just reaching in to the very depth and the guts of people. I, I don't know how much ministry you actually get to do with people, but when you start ministering to people, you find out the majority of them are broken. And when I say broken, I mean they're broken. There's stuff that's going on in their life that's, that's caused them to be broken. And Holy God, the Holy Spirit says, I've come to heal. I've come to heal, to mend the broken heart. I've come to make you whole. You know, there are things that can break your heart you, don't even, you can't even imagine. You know, your children can break your heart. Your spouse can break your heart. Your brothers and sisters in the Lord can break your heart. The circumstances of life can break your heart. Sickness and disease can break your heart. And this is the thing, if we're not, if we're not healed in our emotions, we're not going to get healed in the rest of our body. It's amazing how many people, once they get healed in their brokenheartedness, the manifestation of that is healing in the physical body. It's a broken heart, though, that causes the majority of the problem for the majority of people. As a matter of fact, I read an article not long ago that said 90% of the people that are in the doctor's offices wouldn't be there if there was somebody to love them and encourage them. 90%. That's incredible, isn't it? Now, I don't know how they get those numbers, but I do know that what he's saying is true. He's saying that Jesus said, I'm the, the, the anointed one. Jesus is coming to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, captives, and the opening of prisons to those who are bound. And we think sometimes you've got to be in a jail cell to be bound. Paul was in a cell, but he wasn't bound, was he? No, he wasn't bound. We, found, we find the disciples... Peter and, and John, they're in, a, they're in a jail, but they weren't bound. 
As a matter of fact, when they began to worship, the whole place began to shake, and the prison doors broken up, broke open in the natural. And catch this. There was one group, they just stayed in jail. Why? That's where God was. People were, there were people there that could get saved. The kingdom could be exploded. If they leave, those people could be put to death. If they stay, they get to testify about Jesus. If you've ever done any study about uh, IHOP Kansas City, one of the things that they talk about a lot is the missionary movement that was birthed out of Hernhut, Germany. And Hernhut, Germany was the first modern missionary movement ever. They began to send people out. And that came out of a prayer meeting that lasted a little over 100 years, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Just so you'll know, that's what, where, where it came from. They write of these two young men that wanted to go to the Virgin Islands. And the Virgin Islands weren't what the Virgin Islands are now. The Virgin Islands were the place where slaves were brought out of Africa and they were held in the Virgin Islands until such time as they could be transported to the United States and sold. Okay? So that you begin to understand what that's all about. You have all this group of people over there the majority of them Africans. They, they were more Africans than there were people of the indigenous population. They were there to be sold. And two of the men from, Her, from uh, Hernhut said, I want to go to the Virgin Islands to minister to those that are going to be sold into slavery. They talked to the captain of the boat, and he said, I'm not taking you. They begged him. He said, I'll take you, but you'll have to pay your own way. I want you to listen to this. The only way they could pay their way was to sell themselves into slavery. They sold themselves into slavery so that they could go to the Virgin Island and minister the gospel to a group of people that had been snatched out, stolen out of their homes and brought to be sold into slavery. That's incredible, isn't it? And we can't even open our mouths and ask somebody if they know Jesus. I'm not trying to put you under guilt and condemnation, but if I can, <laughs> I'm just teasing you. I just want to encourage you to hear what he's saying. He's saying to, to the liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison doors to those who are bound to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. How many of you like the Lord's favor? How many of you have the Lord's favor? Ooh, I'm blessed. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm blessed. Wow, am I blessed. I'm, I'm telling you, I just get up every morning and think, gosh, this is incredible. This is incredible, God. Well, Eddie, you don't have any problems? Yeah, I got a few problems. I, I have a few problems, but what are my problems compared to who God is and what He's done in my life. Let me go on and then I'll get on to this. He says, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that He may be glorified. Whew. Notice he didn't say the oak of righteousness. 
Because we understand this anointing that was put on Jesus, but then Jesus went ahead and shared it with us, and He declared that if we would operate in the power of the Holy Spirit, we would become oaks of righteousness. Now let me tell you what an oak of righteousness that's planted is. He's somebody that produces fruit, and the way He produces fruit is He glorifies God in His life. He produces the fruit of acknowledgement that they belong to Jesus Christ. People ought to know wherever you are, you belong to Jesus. There ought to be something so different about who you are that people want to know you. Why? Because you're, you're an oak of righteousness. You're a, you're a representative of the Most High God. You are who He is. I want to go backwards just a little bit. He said, it's the year of the Lord's favor. Do you know when that year began? It didn't start on January 1st this year. The year of the Lord's favor began the day that Mary conceived Jesus in her womb. The favor of God was going to be poured out in the earth, and the, the, the whole manifestation of that blessing would come not at crucifixion, but at resurrection. And so from birth to resurrection, that was the beginning of the year of favor. And we haven't gotten out of that year of favor yet. I get to, I get to, I have the favor of God. I am blessed of God. I can go to bed tonight, and, and what is it? What, what, what did uh, Keith just say? If I'm taken out of here tonight when I go to sleep, I know where I'm going. I don't have to worry about what happens. Why? Because I got the blood on the doorpost and the lintel. I've got the blood of Jesus covering my heart, my life. The Holy Spirit abides in me. There's nothing that can kill me or separate me from the love of my God. There's nothing that can bring me into that place. I live in favor. Too often we describe favor as, as something that says, hey, I'm, I'm blessed above other people. How much more blessed can you be to know that eternity has already been laid out for you, that your destiny is set, that the price has been paid. You don't have to pay for the ticket. You don't have to pay for the passport. You don't have to pay for anything because Jesus paid it all, and he said, here it is. Use it and come see me. Woo. The year of the Lord's favor. I don't have to kill a goat. I don't have to kill a calf. I don't have to kill a bird. I don't have to do any of that stuff. I don't have to act like that. All I've got to do is come to the cross of Jesus and repent, and He forgives me and washes me clean. I have the favor of the Lord upon me. Come on. The young man that I talked to at Walmart, he's wearing the cross, but his spirit is destined to go to hell. Well, Eddie, he's a good person. That and $5 will get you a cup of coffee at Starbucks. All the money and all the good deeds and all that other stuff is not going to get you to heaven. It's when you accept the favor of the Lord. And when he says that, then he talks about those that are mourning in Zion. You understand that we're from Zion. We're not from Sinai. Don't you like this religious talk? What difference what mountain we come from? Because Sinai is from the law. Zion is from grace. 
And what he says is they begin to weep because they see that the, the church is not being the church and the church is not awakened and the church is not doing the, the not bringing forth the glory that it's supposed to, to bring forth. And so he said, I'll bring comfort to those that mourn in Zion. He's not talking about somebody that died. He's not talking about somebody that died. He's talking about brokenhearted because the kingdom of God is not being made manifest. He's talking about being brokenhearted because people like this young man are going to die and go to hell. Easy for me to stand up here and say that. But if the reality of that hits my heart, I begin to weep and to cry because a young man that, that, that for all that I can see is a great young man, except he accept Jesus Christ. He is destined for a, an, an eternity of torment. Why wouldn't I be mourning for him? I'm not going to mourn because, because my, my water heater busted. Some of us pitch fits when that stuff happens, don't we? Yes, we do. I'm not going to weep because my basement gets flooded and the insurance company won't pay off. And no, they didn't. I'm out of Zion. I walk in grace. I'm living in the year of the Lord's favor. Can I, can I tell you one more thing about that year of the Lord's favor? He's given me power over sin. Let, let me give you one more thing. He said he has taken residence in me. I live in the year of the Lord's favor. I live in the year of the Lord's favor. How about you? You know, we need to get up every day and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He said, to grant to those who mourn in Zion to give them a beautiful headdress. King James says, a crown instead of ashes. How many of you want a crown? Wow, two of us do anyway. Hallelujah. Ministering to a girl at Taco Mac. I saw everything on the menu but tacos. Kind of like $3 cafe. I see everything on the menu but $3, you know. So I'm at Taco Mac and, and, and we start ministering to this waitress and, and I see she's got a, a headdress on and it's a little gold band and the Lord showed me a crown on her head. And this is what the Lord told me to tell her. He said, understand this, that every time you, you have a victory, you receive a crown. Come on now. Every time I get a victory, I receive a crown. So, when, when I listen to what my daddy said, and he says, pray for those that that use you, use you, say mean things about you, you know, to pray for those that you really just can't stand. You know, you walk halfway around the world just so you don't run into them. And when you do, you duck and hide or you run for cover so that you don't have to speak to them. But if I do what Daddy says and, and I begin to pray and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit begins to birth love in me and I begin to love that person that I didn't love before, that's a victory and God said, here's your crown. Come on. Yeah, come on. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Every victory, you get a crown. 
And the thing is this. It wasn't daddy that was able to conquer it. It was the Holy Spirit in daddy that did it, and daddy got the crown. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, you're riding down the... You're riding down the road and somebody cuts you off and you want to give them the Hawaiian love sign. And this anger just starts rising in your toes. Me, it's a little different. Mine starts right here. If y'all ever see the hair on the back of my neck rising up, one thing you'll know, I may not let it come out my mouth, but my blood is boiling. And I am getting very angry. And so you're riding down the road and you want, you want to do this and instead you drop your head and say, Lord, I don't want to do that. I want to pray. And the peace of God comes in on Anybody ever had that happen? The peace of God comes in there on you and you say, Lord, please don't let them have an accident. And if they don't know you, would you awaken them to the precious power of the love of Jesus? Guess what? I just had a victory. I get a crown. Well, that cheapens the crown, doesn't it? No, because this is not a participation trophy. You have to actually do something in order to receive the crown. But then, then I get to go to the throne room, and I got to say, Jesus, look at all these victories. He said, yeah, isn't that great? I say, yeah, but I didn't do any of them. You did them. Here, let me lay these crowns at your feet because you're the one that gave me the victory in every situation. Woo! Make me want to jump up and down, holler and scream. I don't know about you. I'm, I'm in the year of the Lord's favor. I want to have a vision this entire year of me walking in favor. I want to see the glory of God made manifest in me. I want people to recognize that I'm an oak of righteousness. How about you? I'm not just talking about me. I'm talking about all of us. I want to see people ministered to. I don't know, I don't know what in the world was going on in my mind, why I hadn't been doing this my entire ministry, but I can't hardly wait to ask somebody if they know Jesus loves them. Now, I will tell you, every once in a while, you get a bad seed. The last one we got was a Christian. I asked her, I said, do you know Jesus loves you? And she straightened up and she said, yes, I do. I go to church. I minister at church. I carry my two children to church. And I teach Sunday school. So me being the sweet man that I am, I said, I smile. I said, man, that's great. But do you know Jesus? You can tell she didn't appreciate the comment. And the Holy Spirit said, you offended her. I said, I did. So I went to her. And I said, did you feel judged by what I asked you? And she may have. Because she was wearing a t-shirt that was cut down to her belly button. At least that's what Joni told me. And she said, no, no, I didn't feel judged. I, I just know Jesus wouldn't judge anybody. You know what that tells me? She felt judged. And I said, I am sure sorry. I, didn't, I, didn't, I was not judging you. All I want to do is know if I could pray for you. Please forgive me. 
Do you need prayer for anything? Nope, everything's good. Gotcha. Gotcha. No problem. Everybody's not going to respond to you right. Everybody's not going to respond to you good. But I'm going to tell you something. If you go in there and you listen to what the Holy Spirit says and you let Him tell you what's going on in that life, chances are pretty good they're going to respond because they're going to recognize what the Holy Spirit sent you for there for. And it's no accident that you're there. We need to be on alert. You go to the grocery store, you need to be on alert. You go to the gas station, you need to be on alert. You go to a basketball game, football game, baseball game, golf match, I don't care. You need to be ready. We live in the favor of the Lord and the power of His grace. Jesus came to proclaim the fulfillment of that prophetic word and we get to live it out. We get to live doing what Jesus said. We get to proclaim good news to the poor. We get to, we get to see the brokenhearted touched and healed. And we get to be vessels. We get to be vessels of that healing. We get to be vessels of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in people's lives. We get to be part of all that. Why? Because you've been called to that. He, you see, he released that divine favor, and then he gave you the opportunity to release that. 2020, I see, is the, the year of vision. And the reality is that the vision in, in this year is more about how you see God and how you see yourself rather than how you see all the other stuff that's going on in the kingdom. Because if you don't see God big enough to take care of everything that needs to be taken care of, you can pray until the cows come home and it's not going to change anything. When you begin to realize that God is bigger than any problem, God can change anything. My wife has been studying the fall of the Roman Empire. There are eight reasons that the Roman Empire failed, and I'm not going to tell you because I think someday she's going to come preach it. But you know one of the chief reasons that Rome fell was because of Christianity. They refused to bow down to emperor worship. And when the emperor was no longer seen as a god and no longer worshipped for his power and his power over life and death. When people refused to do that, Rome began to lose its power over the people and they began to revolt against the power that was there. Oh, you're not, you're not putting it together. Well, there's nothing I can do. It's against the law in the United States. Are you kidding me? There are people all over this world that are getting their heads cut off. There are people all over this world being put in prison. There are people all over this world that are being tortured because they love Jesus Christ and they refuse to, not, to, to deny Him. Come on, it's time we quit denying Jesus Christ and saying the government is more powerful than our God. Let me tell you straight up, it's a setup. It's a trap. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's a trap. You know why it's a trap? Because if the government can get you dependent upon them, 
you will take the mark of the beast. I ain't taking it. Oh, yeah, you already have. When you look to the government to take care of you, you've taken the mark of the beast. Hmm. Well, Eddie, what are you talking about? You see, it doesn't just say you'll take the mark of the beast. If it said that, that's one thing. It said you will worship the beast. You know what that means? That you have now become completely dependent and reliant upon the government to take care of you. You want to know why I'm opposed to communism? Forerunner, antichrist, brings you into preparation for the mechanism that's called the beast. Am I making sense to anybody today? Well, Ed, are you going to quit taking Social Security? Not on your life. But if they tell me I can't preach or they'll take my Social Security, bye. They don't give me enough money to shut my mouth. Come on, I'm just telling you. And I'm not trying to be extra bold. I'm just telling you the truth. And I'm not talking about people that work for the government either. That's a payday. You earn that. Ain't nobody giving you nothing. But it's when we become dependent and look to them to take care of us. You need to look beyond what you're seeing right now in our nation and say, how is this kingdom directed? What does the kingdom have to say about that? Let me just go on. 2020, year of vision. How do you see God? How do you see God and how do you see yourself? I showed this before, but I didn't really get to share much with you. Most of us think we're kittens. Cuddly and playful. And we get to do what we dang well we want to when we want to. If we want to get petted, we go to God. And if we don't want to get petted, we do what we want to do. That's how cats operate. That's the way my cat operates. My cat's the only cat in the world, though. She'll come up, roll over on her, on her back, and let you rub her stomach. And when she gets through, she just bites you to let you know she's finished. And I'm talking about draws blood. And so I just quit early because I don't want to take the chance she's going to bite me, right? And then she wants to come kiss you goodnight, and I'm going, I don't want no kiss from you. But here we are. We see ourselves, but we see ourselves as kittens. We see ourselves as little. We see ourselves as not being able to affect the world. And yet one, one lady that was demonically inspired was the forerunner to taking prayer out of our public schools. One lady. I'm not sure. I don't ever, never heard whether she got saved or not, so she didn't. But her son got saved. And I said, way to go, God. Way to go. You see, God says that you're a lion. And so that mirror is a picture of who God is. There's a boldness in your life that you haven't tapped into yet. And His name is the Holy Spirit. There's a boldness within you that supersedes your shyness. There's a boldness within you that says, I don't care if I'm rejected. There's a boldness that's inside of you that said, I've already been rejected. 
and nailed to a tree. You can't hurt me. I'm a lion. And I refuse to accept anything other than that. Can you see yourself prophesying over strangers? Can you see yourself laying hands on people that are sick and see them healed? Can you see yourself leading people to Jesus Christ? If you can't see it, nobody will be able to. Instead, you'll look in the mirror and rather than seeing a lion, you'll see a kitty cat. You are not wallflowers. You were not created to go to the dance and stand up against the wall. I, I know all about that. I wanted to go to the dances. My mama wouldn't have made me go, but I wanted to go. But you know what I'd do? I'd go over there because I'm sorry, ladies, but y'all were a different species. And everybody told me you didn't bike, but I didn't believe them. I was afraid to act more like my cat does now than I was afraid of girls. I was afraid of them. I mean, I was afraid of them. I liked them. I thought they were beautiful. Excuse me, that's past tense. I still think they're beautiful, okay? But to interact with the one, <laughs> I could get rejected. Somebody might tell me I was fat. Someone might laugh at me. Somebody, no. I tell you what, let me just stay over here and I'll live vicariously through those who don't. I had a close friend. He wasn't afraid to talk to girls at all. Matter of fact, he got himself in trouble. He talked to so many girls. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you his whole story, but, but I was afraid. I was a wallflower. I wanted to be around people. I wanted to be part of the dance. I wanted to be part of the celebration. I wanted to be part of that, but I was too afraid. You've been invited to the dance. And Jesus is saying, come dance with me. But you can't, you can't remain a wallflower and dance with Jesus at the same time. You hear what I'm telling you? Amen. It's time that we began to see that he's the lion, but we are lionesses. We need to begin to see that we are hunters, that we are sent to bring glory and honor to the kingdom. And we can't be silent if we're going to bring honor and glory to the kingdom. And you can't withhold your prayer and your words. If you can't, if you can't open your mouth, something is wrong. Are you condemning me, Eddie? No. I'm encouraging you to pursue the vision of who you are. Pursue the vision of who you really are. Let Jesus tell you who you really are. Quit listening to what the enemy has said. Quit listening to the lies about the fact that you're nothing but a little kitten, that you don't have any power, that you don't have any influence, that you can't change anything that's going on. It's all a lie. 
But until you see the lie, you will be overcome. We used to tell this story, and it's been told here many, many times, but, but I'll tell it one more time. Anybody ever seen a big elephant tethered by a little bitty chain and a stake? I have. I'm old enough to have gone to circuses where they did that. And you know what that old elephant will do? He'll take that leg and he'll go, and he realizes he's chained. And he can't move it, so he just stands there. The way that happens is when they're little, they're changed to objects that cannot be moved, and they fight and fight and fight and fight until they give up the fight. And so they no longer resist the chain. That elephant could move that stake, the tent, the cars. He could do it. He could move it all. But he so envisioned himself as being constrained by that little chain. You see, our shyness has constrained us. Our fear of rejection has chained us. Our fear that somebody might laugh at us has chained us. We are like the elephant. We've been rejected before. We've been, we've been hurt, and so I can't do that. I can't share my faith with anybody. Get the vision. Begin to see who you are. You see, the problem is this. If you accept life the way it happens, I'm trying to think of a nice way to say this, life will just poop all over you. time you understand that you're an agent of change. We pray about that, breaking through, breakthrough. Can I tell you, he already broke through. He's already broken through. We don't have to ask him to break through. He's already broken through. We talk about kingdom, touching earth. Listen, whenever you put your foot on the planet, heaven is touching earth. You are the connection point. I used to hear all the stuff about portals. You know, places like Jacob saw, and I, I don't know that they're not true, but can I tell you something better than that? You're the portal for the Holy Spirit. Amen. And angels will show up where He is. We keep begging God to do something He's already done. We keep begging Him. Wallflower or warrior? What are you? Tell one story and then I'm going to close. I'm old enough to remember when Jimmy Carter was president. And when Jimmy, Jimmy Carter was in the last part of his presidency, the Shah of Iran was deposed. And we helped get him out. The United States helped get him out. Matter of fact, I have a friend who ministered his brother's daughter. And yeah, he's a pretty wealthy dude. But when that happened, the Ayatollahs, with their religious ideology, began to raise up 
and some students came in there and took hostages. Anybody here remember the hostage situation? I remember the hostage situation very definitely. It was an embarrassment to Carter. But worse than that, here this basically weak nation was holding the most powerful nation on the planet hostage in, these, in this hostage situation. And so there was a, a, a rescue plan. And what they were going to do is they were going to send in their rangers and six helicopters. They thought they needed four. They thought six would be enough. They sent their six helicopters in to make the rescue, and they assumed that they would probably lose between 10 and 20 people out of the rescue. That was the acceptable number of deaths. When they got there, one of the helicopters crashed, Two of them malfunctioned, and they no longer had enough equipment to get them out, so it had to be aborted. But this is, this is what got me. There was a major that was in charge of that operation. And when, when they interviewed him, you looked in his eyes, and this man was stunned. I mean, literally stunned. And, and they asked him, so what do you think? He said, never in my wildest dreams could I have imagined that this mission would have failed. He said, I, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Now let me tell you what, that's a warrior. He failed, which was unacceptable, but nowhere in his heart, his mind, or his spirit had he made room for the idea that he could fail. Warriors don't plan to fail. They may fail. But the plan is to conquer. The plan is to rescue. The plan is to let Jesus be made manifest. We ought to be like that major. When something goes wrong, we ought to look at ourselves and go, I can't believe that. You see, when our mindset flips to, I can't believe that person didn't get healed, instead of going, they really got healed. They really got healed. Listen, I'm not pointing fingers. I prayed for a guy one time. He had pain in his arm. I prayed for him, and he said, the pain's gone. I said, Really? Is it really gone? He said, yeah, it really is. Wow. Well, did you really believe it was going to go? No. I really didn't. If I had it, I'd have just said, that, that, well, let's just give Jesus praise. Wallflower, warrior. Favor, or are you living outside the kingdom? Where are you? Ministry to the poor, not optional. We've been studying Galatians. I will shut up. I told you I ain't preaching in a while. We've been studying Galatians. And in Galatians, when, when they talked about when the church sent Paul to preach to the Gentiles, they gave him this list of instructions. But the one thing that they said was, remember the poor. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? Remember the poor. And so I want to encourage you, and I'm going to be sharing more of how we can minister to the poor. 
You know, it's just not a matter of just feeding them or putting clothes on them. That's an important aspect. But if they don't get Jesus, they'll stay poor. If they get Jesus, they can do what Eugene said. They can come into the glory realm and they'll be rich. Amen? Amen. Give God praise. You've been listening to Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church, a place where you are loved, accepted, and received, a place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. We invite you to join us this Sunday and every Sunday. For service times, location, and other information about the church, please visit our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. As we wrap up today's message, we would like to once again thank you for listening. We would like to also have Papa Herman, an elder at Southside, to speak a Father's blessing over you. May the Lord bless and keep you, that He would cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, that the Lord would lift up the light of His countenance upon you and give you His peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you. It's manifesting itself to you. It will overtake you no matter where you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.